Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Old Gold Club, my golden game. Delighted to say on this episode we're joined by Barry Douglas. How are you, my friend? Mikey, I'm very good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm excited about this one because it's pretty (laughs) recent. And the last time you and I spoke about this, you kind of narrowed it down to two. And they are two awesome games as well. So... What is your pick as your golden game? Yeah, I think um, many fans will agree with me that when you think about this game, it just gives you goosebumps. Like even to this day, like when I think about it, the the feelings, um, the limbs, as the fans would call it. So it's Bristol City away two one. Bosh, there's your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> The Saturday 30th of December 2017, Bristol City 1, Wolves 2. There was two sendings off, um, goals galore and late drama. <laughs> what it, what was it in particular that, that made it stand out to you? Was it just that reaction and kind of the scenes at the end? Yeah, I think just the, the kind of... I think before there was a bit of a build-up to that game. Like I think Bristol had been doing well and in the media, I don't know if, if I remember right, there was a wee bit of um, joking in the, in the media from their, their side, um, talking about Wolves, are they the real deal, etc. Bristol, I think they might have been up near the top of the league at that point. Yeah, they. Um, I, I've got it as it stood after the game and Bristol City were third um, within it. Wolves had a, an 11-point gap. So, obviously, at one point, when you were down to 10 men and 1-0 down, that gap was coming down significantly. Yeah, no, it was... Um, I definitely remember a wee bit of kind of animosity before the, the game and the build-up, but then just the game itself, going down to 10 men um, and then getting back in it. And just... I think that that game kind of summed up that season that I was there as well. Where until that final whistle, Wolves were never really out of any game at all. Just always felt that there was going to be a chance to score, and thankfully it happened. And pretty much the last kick of the ball, and just made it all that wee bit sweeter. What is it about a, a team when you have that? Because obviously you've been part of quite a few promotion-winning teams and, and cup-winning teams. Is there a sense, is there something specific that happens within the group that you know that that's possible? I think it's probably just a, a build-up, like a kind of accumulation of little ingredients, if you call it. Um, how how you set about every game, even if results aren't necessarily going the way that you'd expect, you, you just kind of build the foundations that, right, we have this kind of winning belief that regardless of who we're playing, like if we go about our jobs properly, we're always going to have a chance of winning that game or creating goals. And I think you look at the, the different areas and ways we've scored goals, like they came from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. The, that team, I say, it, it, it holds such a special place in people's heart because it started, obviously, what's gone on in the last couple of seasons. Not many people know, I mean, the club were tracking you for quite a while. You you were close to joining before then, weren't you? 
Um, yeah, well, I'd spoke to... Um, I was speaking to my agent in January, the January before I signed. Um, I, I don't really know before that because I, I tend to just kind of focus on the football side of things. Um, but yeah, th it was it was really close in January. Um, I think it came pretty much down to the deadline day. Um, and it never happened, it never never transpired. So it was kind of right, okay, reset, focus again uh, to summer and see what happens. Um, and thankfully, in them six months, I managed to win a cup in, in Turkey. So it kind of felt everything fell into place and the time was right after that to then make the move back to the UK and what a project it was to come back to, to Wolves. Because what did they say to you? when they did come back in that summer? I'll be honest, it was a project. At that point, where I was and playing football, it was never really an appeal to come back to, to England. And I think probably for the, the the first and foremost reason was the weather. I was enjoying the sun out in Turkey. It was just a nice, <laughs> chilled lifestyle, chilled football, not too much heading and kicking. Um, but yeah, no, so after, after I'd won the cup with, with Konya Sport, it, it was kind of, no disrespect to the club, but we probably overachieved. And then it was like, right, where do we kind of go from there? It would have been hard to replicate that year and a half I was there to then follow up after the cup win. So was it open to different options? And then when I spoke to... Yeah, and Wolves, it was it was the project that I was sold on, that they were building. It wasn't even really about that immediate present. It was more kind of what they're going to build for the future. And that was what was really appealing. Yeah, because I guess from those in the game, I mean, I don't know, because obviously you've been out in Turkey, how much you'd have seen it. But obviously the season before you arrived, we'd gone through a couple of different head coaches and a lot of players had come in. So I was just wondering kind of the... I guess from a footballer's point of view, like when you talk about it with your agent and kind of go, well, this was a team that finished mid-table the year before. So, are that you know, do you believe that they're really going to go and do what they say they actually did achieve in the end? Yeah, I, th I think with the Fawson had come in at that point, and we all know how ambitious and you know they they talk the talk as much as they just give you the sales pitch as well, and. They said like big things are going to happen. The club, the club's going to be, and a and a big turnaround. Um, and I still remember this conversation with Jeff Sheehan saying, um, like, in five years, he said Wolves will be a European team. Like we'll be a European team. And at that point, you know, they'd finished what 15th, like you said, the year before, the season before. And for him to say that was like really ambitious, but also. You knew he meant it as well, so it was like, right, okay, I hear you. I think I remember watching an interview recently with Willie Bolly and said the exact same thing, like in, in a few years, Wolves are going to be a force. So I think it's been it's been a great transition, a great journey for the club, and it's it's always nice to be a part of it, but as sitting as a fan now to watch where they're at, it's, it's incredible to see where the club has went. I mean, building up to this Bristol City game... I think you'd won eight of ten. You were ten unbeaten. The other two were draws. There'd only been kind of three slips, really, in the first half 
of the season. So at what point did you really think promotion was going to be on? Because I remember Matt Doherty said to us <laughs> after the Middlesbrough game that you were going to get promoted. And we were like, well, I mean, you know, I'd known him a long time by that point. So it was like, yeah, whatever, Doc. But clearly he believed it. Yeah, no, obviously as a player you're going to be ambitious and, and it's easy to kind of get carried away and I think even from the, the first days you just, you know something was special by the the manager coming in firstly um, when, when he spoke, like you listened you just believed everything that he said and then I think you look at the the calibre of players that they brought in um, Obviously, it was it was nice to be involved in that window when you look at some of the names that did come in that year. And you just know, like, with, with players like Ruben, Jota, they're just game changers. And you just know that you had that sense of of belief going into every single game, even from the very first game. I thought, right, we're going to win a lot of games here. Because I wonder what it's like when you, you do sign for the club and then you see Ruben Neves and Diego Jota walk through walk through the door. Because even then, like, the, you know, they were young, but they were quite big names in European football. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think, you know, all credit to themselves because they're not the first kind of well-known, established players to, to come in. There's been a lot of marquee signings that hasn't worked out as such. Um, but I think just the the way that they applied themselves from the very first day, even coming in big price tags, like they were very humble, hard-working, grounded players. And I think that's why the, the ingredients for success were there because in, in big moments you look for your big players. But even if you can look at other games where they had to roll up their sleeves and get dirty and they, they did that. So I think they just um, typically stood for, for everything that they wanted to build on. Because you all had to roll your sleeves up. I guess when Danny gets sent off after, what, 14 minutes of that game and then Nuno gets sent to the stand as well. Yeah, it was kind of uphill, uphill. But I think Danny was very unlucky. I don't think it was a, a malice tackle. He's just strong in a tackle as he is with, with everyone. And... I don't know. Maybe when you're when you're up near the top, these things kind of go against you sometimes to try and knock you off your perch. Um, but again, even when it down to ten men, like the, there's just so much belief in that team. Like winning was a habit. So even though we were a man down, we just knew we stuck to a task where we get chances. Um, or as it proved in that game, there was players at that point. A set piece can be the difference. Um, and it proved to be that game. Yeah, because they they obviously went in front, mm -hmm. um, and then was it Helder that was running through and got brought down? Do you know? I'm going to say it was Doc. It might have been, you know. I think it was Doc, and that the keeper clipped him outside the box. Yeah. To be fair, I think he could have stayed up and tapped it in, but <laughs> he just maybe didn't fancy it on his left foot. <laughs> uh, but no, nonetheless, obviously. Yeah, there was there was a bit of drama with a goalkeeper coming off, and then needed to wait, and then new keepers coming on, and um, I just think probably from from the the way we we went about training and stuff, and and worked on things. Anytime we got a set piece from either side, kind of in or around the box, 
me or, or Ruben, we were pretty confident that we would have a chance of scoring. It was on your side, though, wasn't it, I guess? Did, did you take priority? Did you discuss it like that and say, if it's better for the left footer, I'm having it? <laughs> Do you know I think I actually had one the first half that hot the post, if I remember right, which was probably better. The, the one that went in there was a bit dubious. I get a nice little deflection, but I'll take it nonetheless. Um, but in the first half, we had a free kick just outside the box, and I struck it so well. And I'm sure it hit the post. Yeah, I've just literally got the highlights up now. It was right on the edge of the area. Yeah. Like in the D. So I hit the post. So again, when as a player, like you know, when you feel confident, you're striking the ball. So you you happily, if if Ruben was felt more confident and wanted to take it, by all means, he could have took it. Um, but I would always put myself forward to take any kind of set piece run about there and. Yeah, I get the luck of the draw on that occasion um, and, it, and it levelled things up. Because you told me back in the summer when we were looking back and watching the Cardiff game that you obviously played a big unknown part in Ruben's goal at Cardiff <laughs> in the discussions with the referee. So was that was that part of your role at a set piece? Listen, it's marginal gains, isn't it? So <laughs> um, you need to just do what you can. Yeah, but yeah, in this in this occasion, I don't think we get any help from the referee. But did you ever like say when it's you and Ruben talking, and if Ruben's going to take it, would you ever have gone to him like, yeah, I, th- I think he's, I think he should go over the wall or, or go round the wall on this one? Yeah, no. To be fair, we it would always kind of be predominantly whatever side it was on. Like if it was left side, he would take it right side me, but. Uh, whatever way the kind of wall was set up, if the goalkeeper was drifted to one side, then yeah, we would definitely say, look, why don't you go that way or vice versa. Um, so we definitely spoke about it. If if it suited the other person more, then we'd happily take a step back because at the end of the day, it was just about scoring goals for the team and, and getting three points. So if it was the other person to do that, then absolutely brilliant. And just watching it now, it was Doc who was running through. And I, I remember this at the time, that there was quite a few Bristol City defenders around him. And if that was against us, it's one of, you know, one of those ones where you'd be like, that's really harsh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. I think, um, well, I mean, the laws now, the laws now state that if he's outside the box and don't play the ball, he's off, isn't it? <laughs> they change so much I lose track I imagine you have to know it better than I do um, I'm just saying just watching the free kick um, it's that you know when because the reason part of the reason I bring it up is that you know you talk about when you know things are going your way that you get you know maybe a slight benefit of that sending off and then the slight deflection on the free kick are you then thinking right it's ten, ten aside now, we're back level, but things, like momentum, how big is that actually when you're playing in a game? Yeah, it's massive, um, just that, that shift, um, it gives you that belief, the, the belief was always there, but then to get the equaliser, then you're saying, right, yeah, we're back to scratch, it's all level, let's, let's see how this goes, let's see who wants it more. Um, I don't think you give me enough credit for the free kicks. I actually tried to hit, I actually tried to hit the defender's head so that it did, 
deflect that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that at all. Because I, I know Luke Steele as well. And I, I have to admit, I feel so sorry for him because it's literally the first thing that happened to him is coming on the pitch. And I, he always swears to me that he was going to save it until the deflection <laughs> happened. Yeah, well... I'll I'll say that I meant it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, again, it was just it was not a relief, but like you said, that that belief factor when it hit the back of the net, you think right, okay, it's probably football justice because the one hit the post in the first half. So I think that was a football and God's just evening it up for me. And um, and then that big moment towards the end where it was Romain Saïs that went running off down the side of the penalty area and ended up winning the free kick. I mean, people forget that he played midfield yeah. all that year because he's just so accomplished as a defender now. Yeah, and never stops running. I think he was always by far the, the most distance covered. So another relentless shift. And I'm, I'm smiling about it, thinking now, like, as soon as he's got that free kick. I think, like, being having that kind of five, six months like pre-season and working with the guys, we kind of get to know each other's attributes and how we play and and if you look back, I think it was maybe the Fulham game. We won 2-0 Fulham, but it's pretty much identical free kick position and I've just, I've probably hit the, the Brewster one a bit harder, but I always tried to hit it head height, like between the goalkeeper and the defence. Um, so anywhere around about that area, the boys know where the ball's gone and they've just anticipated it. Because I wanted to ask you about this because it's not that far from going in on its own. What, what Did you actually go for goal? No, nah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've went for goal. I would always aim for that area. Um, being so close as well, I, you kind of got to think, right, if I strike it the way I want to strike it and everyone misses it, then I want to kind of put it in that area where it has got a chance of getting because yeah. you see it happening so many times. But I think with it being so close, it, it just needed a, a little touch um, or someone anticipating it, like Benno at the back post. It's it's just like it was a magnet to him. Um, and it was just unbelievable scenes. Because, it, it, yeah, it's like, even when I watch it back in my head, it feels like the whole thing was in slow motion. Is it like that when you're on the pitch? Yeah, and I think especially when you get like a set piece or something like that and you know how how big it can be and knowing the time, like all these factors contribute. So as, as I went to take it, I'm just trying to still myself and just be calm um, to slow everything down and just focus on, on putting in a good ball because you look at the presence that we had in there, like, Benno, Oli, Saiz, all of them can head the ball like not just big but they're dominant in there as well. So it was my job to just put it in the right areas for them. And again, the footballing gods were looking down and it was it just worked out perfect for Benno to go and get the winner. And you mentioned the limbs in the crowd <laughs> and all of you running towards the bench and for the fans it's iconic because of Nuno nearly getting thrown out of the director's box for his celebration, like all of it. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Barry, right? In the press box, 
Um, I mean, I was so ill that day, by the way. I had so much like cold and flu medication to get through that game. And I remember it because for some reason there was two guys sat next to me and Tomo who were, uh, who I, I don't think were actual journalists. And when Bristol City had scored, they'd stood up and celebrated and gone crazy, <laughs> which is not really like allowed and the done thing in a press box. So when when you whipped that ball in and Benno scored, mate, I lost it so much. <laughs> I love that, yeah. That's not the media box etiquette, is it? Yeah. I was but, just on my feet screaming. Like yeah, that. it was just it's just it was just passion from everyone. Like I don't know where Benno's got the energy to run half that pitch anyway. Like I was knackered. <laughs> so I think I was just knackered chasing them to get there to celebrate. But yeah, it was just. I mean, I've I've been involved in so many games where there's been last minute winners, and it's it's an incredible feeling. But that was just it was just different. For some reason, it just felt different. I think because of the way the game was and and the team, it just kind of it just took us to a next level, getting the win in that that way we did. Because I was the first person down from the press box. And I remember Nuno pulled me into the dressing room and like you were all just going crazy in there. And it was, it was unbelievable to see actually like how much it meant to you all. Yeah. No. And again, I said, that's just that, that winning mentality, that belief. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it was only three points and that's probably the way we approached every single game. But I think it was just the manner and it kind of felt like the build up to the game, maybe the media was on us a wee bit because we were doing well and then their manager speaking out and then the sending off and then the gaffer getting sent up. It was just like, right, everyone's against us. And then to to win in that fashion, it was just kind of like, get it up, yous. <laughs> I do want to briefly mention the other game you were going to pick, which is the very next game, the Brentford match, where... You absolutely whip one in with your right foot, and that, was that the first time the baby celebration came out? Yeah, um, so I think I was just I kind of had a, a good run of form then. I think I'd scored. Oh yeah, well I scored the uh, um, Bristol, didn't I? But we're everything caught up in it. I'd rehearsed it in my head before. Yep, I'm gonna score, get the ball, do my baby celebration. And when the free kick went in like that, just went all out the window. So I remember coming home and, and my wife was like, oh, yeah, so much for your baby celebration. <laughs> and I was just like, I know, like, I completely forgot. Like, everything just went out the window. Um, so it was funny. I scored at Brentford, nearly ran away again and was like, oh, forget. So ran back. Someone chucked me the ball. I think it was Benno. And uh, the the... My wife was up watching it from one of the boxes, and I got to do a baby celebration, which was was lovely. It was just a nice, touching tribute. And I remember at the end of the celebration, Ben O'Lindon said, "Thank God you remembered this time because." And <laughs> <laughs> I know it didn't quite work out the way you and actually a lot of fans wanted it to um, when you had to leave for Leeds after the promotion. But looking back now. How proud are you of the part you played in the start of the journey that we've been on the last couple of years? 
Yeah, it's like I've I've learned as I went on, like it, it football can be a ruthless business. Um and it is what it is, like you can dwell on it or I can kick on and, and deal with it. But I think it's probably one of these moments that I won't appreciate how much I contributed to that moment and was a part of it until probably I finished football and I look back um, to realise like how big, big a moment it was. I know I still speak to like a few of the guys and um, a few of the the backroom staff and you, the, I think you just played Bristol in the cup last season. Uh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago, and um, I was away at the time, like uh, completely moved on to pastures new and, and one of them messaged me saying like phenomenal and uh, just the memories of Bristol and I was like it's nice to still like be in the thoughts um, the, these moments because it will live in me forever um, and the, the thankful thing is we've got YouTube that we can see the footage of the celebrations with the fans um, so it was it'll be nice to look back on um, and say I was a part of it Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.